1: Welcome to episode four of a True Crime Society podcast. I'm Stephanie, I'm here with Ashley and Olivia. I know you guys always get confused about our voices, so this is Stephanie. <laughs> Olivia, say
2: something. Hi, I'm the one with the weird accent.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, say something.
3: Hi, I'm the one with
2: no accent. <laughs> <laughs> I also have no accent, but. <laughs> Depending on where you're listening from.
1: True, I always wonder, do I have like an accent to you? Like, do we have an American accent?
2: Oh, absolutely. I I think yours is very different to Ashley's as well. Like you can tell you're not from the same place.
1: Yeah, she has, to me, she has a little accent. Oh my God, my cat's being annoying. (laughs) My cat is doing that thing where they scratch on the door and then as soon as you open it, they're like, "Mm, I'm just going to sit here and do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're still in quarantine. Have things gotten
2: any different for you guys or... We got told yesterday that what is happening now is going to continue for at least the next four weeks. So I guess it's good that our lockdown isn't going to be increased because we still have most things here, like you can get takeout food. Basically, no group gatherings are allowed here. So gyms will stay shut, restaurants and bars will stay shut, but at least it's not going to get any worse, it seems, for the time being. Um, And they've also said that some of our kids... Might start making the move back to school um, as of mid May. So that's promising. Okay.
3: We were told that we need to wear masks everywhere now. Um, and our lockdown has been
1: extended through May 15th, at least in DC. Yeah, it's the same. In New York, they extended our lockdown till May 15th today. And we have to wear masks in public. If we can't social distance and we have to at least have it on us, to my understanding, just in case we get in a situation where we can't social distance. What happens if you don't have a mask? Do you get fined or? They said that you would get like a citation similar to what jaywalking is. So it's really oh, okay. nothing, but you just get kind of in trouble, I guess. Yeah. Or you get Corona. <laughs> yeah. They said the New York City governor said that Schools would be closed for the rest of the school year. But then the governor of New York said that, no, so the New York City mayor said that. Then the New York governor said that it was too soon to tell. But I really don't think that kids are going to be going back to school because even after the quarantine's been extended to May 15th, they would only have a month left. So what's the point, really?
2: Yeah, might as well be safe and, you know, wait until after the break. Right. It's not really worth the risk. But Mm. as I said, we
1: had to have Easter in lockdown, which was (laughs) weird for everyone. I normally see my whole family, but we did all get on a Zoom video chat, which was interesting. There's a lot of people on it. And then my boyfriend and I got McDonald's and
2: ate it in the back of his Jeep in the parking lot. So happy Easter. (laughs) At least you got out. We went a bit crazy at Easter and I dyed my hair and the kids hair pink, blue and purple. So it was a lot of effort for something that didn't last very long. <laughs> it washed out but, already? Oh, it washed out so quickly. Like the kids were gone in a day. And then mine is basically 99% out. So it was fun. I but it didn't. It. Yeah, I know. I've got more of the purple, so I might try and do it again and see if I can make it last a bit longer. But it was fun. <laughs> they thought it was great to have unicorn hair for a few days.
1: Yeah. That's sweet.
2: <laughs> when
1: I, I dyed my hair once with temporary like washout hair color and it
2: lasted months and months and months like it never came out fully that's what i thought might happen because it was like eight to twelve washes or something it said but literally it was two especially my hair is light yeah i thought especially my hair it would last because i've got the you know blonde hair but no it didn't last so in other big news our facebook group finally got the feature
1: of topics which some of our groups have already probably had for two years, but of course our main huge Facebook group that could really use it took forever to get. Olivia is very excited about it. <laughs>
2: <And> <laughs> so, so organized now.
1: <laughs> yes, today I think Lossie went through and put a topic on every post. And by topics, yeah. what that means is we can organize all of the posts in our group by murder-suicide, missing person, drug overdose... <laughs> And you could just click that topic and everything under that will come up. So it'll help make things a lot more organized.
2: Yeah. If you really want to read about, say, missing children, you can just go and click that topic and it'll bring up every post or, you know, as many as we've categorized so far about that topic. So it'll make things a lot easier to find information as well when we have the big cases like Gannon ongoing. Lazzy's a machine, so like Steph said, she probably tagged every single post. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in there now. It looks like it has been a lot done already, so yep, it'll be an ongoing thing, but I think it's a really, really good feature for the group. Yep, finally. Thank you, Facebook. <laughs> finally, finally. Today,
1: we're going to talk about the case of Kara Kpetsky and Jessica Renians, who were murdered by... A guy named Kyler, with an R, used. (laughs) Kara was missing for a decade, until basically until Jessica went missing as well. And I'm not going to spoil the whole story, but that's a quick rundown. The format we're going to try today is a little bit different. Normally, we were each getting a part, and then we would chat throughout it. We did a poll in the group, and some people said they would prefer... One person telling the whole story versus multiple people and maybe less chat or not,
2: maybe More not less chat. Maybe like in, right. You know, like, so if, if people just want to listen to the story, they can do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Some people don't like chat. Yeah. And some people do. So we're going to try to find a happy medium to satisfy everyone. Yep. So yeah, we'll see how we go. We'll see how it goes. Definitely let us know if you guys,
2: like one better than the other and majority rules. And that's what we'll go with. At the end of after Stephanie's told the story today, we'll go through and have a chat and answer some questions that we all came up with regarding the case. So yeah, we'll see how that goes this time around.
1: All right, let's go.
0: Alright, well the search for Kara Kopetsky Kapetsky has been excruciating for her family, friends and for law enforcement and especially difficult because there seems to be so few credible clues. Kara Kopetsky was last seen the morning of May 4th, 2007 by the security camera at Belton High School. Her mom says she was excited about getting her senior picture taken and was looking forward to her final year of school. But something mysterious happened to Kara that May morning. She left school either on foot or in a car with someone else. Her last cell phone call was made at 10.30 a.m. When she didn't show up for her after-school job, her parents became worried and reported her missing. On May 17th, Kara was reportedly seen with a young man at a gas station in Lewisburg, but that has never been confirmed. Despite many searches, a reward fund, and even national publicity, Kara has never been found. Well, tomorrow is Kara Kopetsky's 21st birthday. The reward for information on where she is now stands at $80,000. Please call the TIPS hotline at 816-474-TIPS if you have any information.
1: May 4th, 2007 started out like any other day for Kara. She went to school that morning at Belton High School before realizing she forgot a textbook at home. Kara called her mother, Rhonda Beckford, and asked if she could drop it off and if she could throw her uniform in the wash before her shift that night. Before heading to work, Rhonda put Kara's uniform in the wash and brought the textbook to the main office. That same day, Kara's classmates remember her leaving school early. Surveillance video from Belton High School shows Kara walking down the hall at 10.30 a.m., and another video shows her leaving the school shortly after. This is the last time Kara was ever seen in the beginning of an investigation that would last a decade. When Kara's mother returned home from work that evening, her husband Jim Beckford said Kara had not come home from school as she normally does at 2.30. Rhonda tried calling Kara, but her phone went straight to voicemail. Knowing something wasn't right, Rhonda called Popeye's Chicken, where Kara worked, and spoke to her manager, who said he had not heard from her either. Kara only missed work one other time due to being sick. Around 5 o'clock that night, with no word from Kara, her parents reported her missing to Belton Police Department. The Beckfords feel Cara's disappearance was initially brushed off and treated as a runaway situation, claiming they were told by police, she's a teenager, she's probably just mad. Cara's mother told police that her daughter's ex-boyfriend Kyler Eust had been abusive and Cara filed for a protective order against him on April 30th, just a week before she disappeared. On the request for the protective order, Cara wrote, Saturday, 4:28, kidnapped, restrained. One month ago, choked me. December 6th, had knife in hand and said, I'm gonna slit your motherfucking throat. March 7th, wouldn't let me outside. In another section, she wrote, I'm unsure of what he'll do next because the abuse has gotten worse over time. While police may have assumed Cara initially ran off, her loved ones knew something was wrong. Cara had never run away before, and the majority of her belongings were at home her money, her clothes, her iPod. Remember iPods? Friends and family of Kara began going door-to-door with flyers hoping someone would have information about her whereabouts. The following information is from the 2017 probable cause statement, but it goes into more detail about the investigation during this time, so I'm going to go over some things from it. First, it brings us back to April 28th, 2007. Kara arrived at the Belton Police Department to report that Kyler Gust had kidnapped her earlier that evening. She informed the officer that Kyler is her ex-boyfriend, and she recently- And she recently ended their relationship. That night, as she was leaving her job at Popeye's, Kyler forced her into his vehicle after she refused to hang out with him. Kyler then drove around and eventually let her out of the vehicle after driving to Grandview. Two days later, on april thirtieth, two thousand seven, Kara applied for and received an order of protection against Kyler that was served to him on may first, two thousand seven. The evening of May 4, 2007, Kara was reported missing to the Belton Police Department. The next day, an officer went to Kara's home to speak with her parents, and they advised that they still hadn't heard from her and were very concerned. An officer made contact with Kyler on May 6, 2007. Kyler said his last contact with Kara was on the 3rd and denied having any contact with her the day she went missing. He said he had a missed call from her that day, but she didn't answer when he called back. But Kara's phone records revealed that Kyler was lying about the last time he spoke with her and that they did speak on the phone the day she disappeared. The records show that Kara called Kyler at 9.13 on May 4th and that he had called her back at 9.20 a.m. Now remember the surveillance video from Belton High School shows Kara exiting the school at 9.19 a.m. According to the Washington Post, the phone call between Kyler and Kara lasted about 20 minutes. So in my opinion, it makes it seem like he possibly picked her up from school for some reason. On May 6, 2007, Kyler was interviewed by police again. He doubled down on his original claims by continuing to say that the last time he spoke or saw Kara was on May 3rd when she got off of work, and on the 4th, Kara called him around 11 a.m., but he was sleeping. He texted Kara, but she never replied. In the same interview, Kyler admitted to kidnapping Kara on the 28th. This is the incident that prompted her to get the order of protection in the first place. He said he did it because he was upset that Kara was dating other men and wanted to break up with him. The officer asked if he ever physically abused Kara. Kyler initially denied this, but eventually he admitted to grabbing Kara by the arms on several occasions during arguments. Three months later, on July 23, 2007, Kyler was interviewed by police again. This time, he admitted that the night before she disappeared, they got into an argument on the phone. Carr had a male friend, referred to as J.H., coming into town, and Kyler was angry that Carr planned to, quote, spend the weekend partying and running around on him, end quote. Belton police officers were able to interview this friend. J.H. was a friend of Carr's from St. Louis. He confirmed that he was supposed to hang out with Carr the weekend after she went missing, but he called her on the 6th and she didn't answer, and she didn't answer the phone all weekend. He only learned she was missing after he called her house on May 7th and spoke to her parents. During the investigation, police also discovered she had a paycheck at Popeye's she never picked up from May 9th. And on June 1st, they searched her locker at Bilton High School, where they found her debit card. The bank confirmed there had been no activity on her account since she disappeared. Police interviewed a friend of Kara's and Kyler's, referred to as K.R. K.R. informed police that on the morning of May 4th, Kara called to ask if she and Kyler could come over to hang out. K.R. told her he was busy that day. K.R. said that Kyler stopped by at 12.30 to smoke a cigarette anyways and that Kara wasn't with him. K.R. said Kyler called him later that day and he was crying and frantic. He told K.R. not to tell anyone that he and Kara were together earlier in the day. He said he didn't want anyone to know because of the order of protection. K.R. said he tried to call Kara multiple times on May 4th, but she never answered. It seems fairly obvious that Kyler was the main suspect from the start of the investigation into Kara's disappearance. He was questioned by police only two days after she disappeared, and he admitted to kidnapping her the week before. But police had no physical evidence against Kyler and didn't feel confident resting him on that alone. Two years after Kara's disappearance in 2009, Kyler apparently told a friend that he had snapped and killed Kara because, quote, she refused to love him. In April 2010, a third party told police what Kyler confessed to that friend. So, I'll read some of the statement. Parts of it are redacted, so where it's redacted, I'll say blank. It seems like their names, one of the names is Kyler, and one of the names is the friend that Kyler was speaking with. I made contact with blank and asked him if he knew any information pertaining to the disappearance of Kara Kopetsky. Blank stated, yes. Blank stated, Blank had confessed to killing Kapetsky one night before they were in Belton, Missouri, back in the winter of 2007. Blank stated they were together one night and they were extremely intoxicated. Blank stated, Blank began to cry and state, I killed Kara. Blank stated after Blank confessed to the murder, he recalls telling Blank to stop talking about the murder because he didn't want to hear about it. Blank stated the reason why he told Blank to stop talking at the time was because he was scared to hear about the murder. Blank stated Blank stopped talking about the murder and they went back home. Blank stated he does not remember any other details about the murder or a possible location of Kopetsky's body. On January 22, 2011, an unnamed young woman contacted police and told them that Kyler told her he choked Kara and disposed of her body in the woods. That same woman called police again on February 2nd, saying that Kyler confessed to killing Kara again. Twice in only 10 days, he's confessed to this now. She told police that Kyler, quote, described watching Kara breathe her last breath and falling back against a chair and staring at her body for a short time before packing her up and placing her body in the woods. Seven months later, on August 19th, 2011, Kyler's pregnant ex-girlfriend told police that Kyler tried to choke and kill her. She said it she said he told her that he had killed girlfriends in the past and would do the same to her. While reporting this, she also told police Kyler had abused and killed kittens in front of her. Her statement to police reads that on approximately july twenty second and twenty third at approximately midnight to four AM, Eust came home to their residence extremely intoxicated. She stated they got into a verbal altercation regarding her wanting to end the relationship with Eust. Eust grabbed her by both arms, dragging her to their bedroom. She stated Yus pinned her on the bed with his legs while she was laying flat on her back motionless. Eust used his legs to hold her arms down, where she could not move or get up. She stated Eust looked into her eyes, grinding his teeth and licking his lips as he placed both hands around her neck. She stated she began to scream, but Yus stated, If you scream again, I'll kill you faster than you can let another scream out of your throat. She stated, use continued grabbing her around the neck using both hands and continued strangling her until she would almost lose consciousness. She stated, when she almost lost consciousness, use would stop strangling her and turn around, intentionally punching her in the legs to stop her from losing consciousness. She stated, use continued acting out this method on her several times that night intentionally. She stated, use continued punching her in the legs to stop her from losing consciousness. She stated, as this continued, she finally did lose consciousness. She stated, when she regained consciousness, she felt use laying behind her, as she describes spooning, whispering, I love you, in her ear. Sorry if it sounds like I'm struggling to read this a little bit. Parts of it are redacted, and parts of it are repeated, which makes it a little hard to read, but after that, it does go on to say that during this incident, Kyler ripped out a piece of his ex-girlfriend's hair, and he burned it to destroy the evidence and told her that he would kill her family. Specifically, he would kill her little sister if she ever went to the police about this. There's also a statement that she gave about him abusing and killing kittens in front of her. I'm not going to read it for the sake of, I don't think anyone wants to hear about someone murdering and abusing kittens, but he did beat kittens to death and also suffocated some in a sock. So because of all that, Police arrested Kyler that September on charges of assault and animal abuse. Kyler was arrested again on February 24th, 2012 on drug trafficking charges and for stealing while employed as an apprentice at a tattoo parlor. There's not a ton of information out about his drug trafficking charges, but apparently he was receiving synthetic drugs in the mail. Um, And it was enough for him to get intent to sell. So clearly not the brightest guy there is. I think we knew that already. Here's a clip from Action 41 News that goes into a little bit more detail about his crimes.
4: The ex-boyfriend of Kara Kapetsky is asking investigator Russ Petosik what indicted means. Russ says he's going to find out the hard way. A grand jury order will be teaching that lesson to 23-year-old Kyler Yust in court. In September, Eust pleaded guilty to assaulting a new girlfriend over the summer. He's also accused of stealing tattoo supplies from Lucky Lady Tattoo on Warnell, where he was an apprentice. This week, prosecutors released this indictment. According to the court papers, Eust appropriated tattoo machines, needles, ink, and various supplies. This video is of Eust being arrested for animal cruelty charges in September. He's accused of stomping one kitten and throwing two live kittens into a creek while tied inside a bag. Eust has been t- texting me for the past couple of weeks about a meeting, but he's never shown up. When I texted him about the indictment, he responded, what does indicted mean? When I texted back that it means a grand jury orders the defendant to stand trial, he responded, quote, that's messed up.
1: Messed up indeed, Kyler. On June 5th, 2012, another witness called police and said earlier that year, Kyler confessed that he had picked Kara up from school the day she went missing after she got into an argument with a teacher. Kyler told the witness they got into an argument and he choked her to death. On November 23rd, 2013, Kyler was sentenced to four years in prison for previous drug charges. When the judge asked Kyler if he had anything to say before being sentenced, he told the judge, eat a steak for me. More of his charming personality right there. At his sentencing, Kyler's lawyer told the judge that he suffered from PTSD Due to a traumatic childhood. He explained that Kyler was raised by his grandfather after his drug-addicted parents abandoned him and that Kyler only met his mother for the first time when he was a teenager. Growing up, Kyler was sexually abused and diagnosed as bipolar. He also has a history of substance abuse including drinking at 11 years old and doing cocaine at age 14. In September 2015, this is now eight years after Carr disappeared, a police officer visited Kyler in the Oklahoma prison he was in and confronted him with information showing that they knew Kyler lied about speaking to Kara the day she disappeared, but Kyler refused to answer any questions. On May 28, 2016, a former cellmate of Kyler's contacted Belton police and told them that Kyler admitted to being worried about the September 2015 visit. Kyler allegedly asked the cellmate for help in establishing an alibi before breaking down, and again admitting to killing Kara. But despite all this, on September 2nd, 2016, Kyler was released from prison and placed on supervised release, only serving three of his four-year sentence. Less than a week after his release, Kyler attended a party with his friend Jackson Mallet and Jackson's girlfriend Jessica Runions in Grandview, Missouri on September 8th. Jackson ended up leaving the party early and left Jessica there with Kyler, which I think is strange. Jessica agreed to drive Kyler home. That night, witnesses remember Kyler being very aggressive, drinking heavily, and acting possessive of Jessica. The two were seen arguing before they left the party together. That night, Jessica never returned home. Her family and boyfriend were immediately concerned, especially when she missed an important doctor's office she planned to go to with her mother the next day. After being unable to reach Jessica for the entirety of September 9th, Her family reported her missing that evening. Jessica was 21 years old. She worked as a pastry chef at a senior living community and had recently been promoted to management. According to her mother, Jessica hoped to go to college to pursue journalism. Described by her family as hardworking, loving, and family-oriented, they were adamant that their eldest daughter wouldn't simply disappear. She loved spending time with her younger sisters and sent pictures and texts to their family group chat regularly. Her family knew something was wrong. In the early hours of September 10th, the Kansas City Fire Department responded to a car fire. The burned car was later determined to be Jessica's 2012 Chevy Equinox, the same car she and Kyla were seen leaving the party in. The house party was only 20 miles away from where her car was found.
4: Runyon's family says Jessica went to a house party with her boyfriend Thursday night, the last time she spoke with her mother.
0: She had constant contact um, IT'S NOT LIKE HER TO NOT RETURN PHONE CALLS. MAYBE A LONG PERIOD OF TIME, BUT SHE WOULD EVENTUALLY GET BACK
4: WITH YOU. MICHELLE SAYS JESSICA'S BOYFRIEND LEFT EARLY, LEAVING Youst AND HER 21-YEAR-OLD NIECE BEHIND. WE JUST KNOW THAT THEY LEFT THE PARTY TOGETHER. Runyon's mother called police Friday night around 10.30. A few hours later at 2 this morning, police found Jessica's burnt-out car near this underpass.
0: You know, just, just locating her vehicle in that condition, that just, um, that's just suspicious in nature, and we are just concerned for her, her welfare.
4: And so does her family. Yeah, we
0: just want her to come home <laughs> safe.
1: Later that day, Kyler's half-brother, Jessup Carter, contacted police and told them he was present when Kyler burned Jessica's car. He said Kyler admitted to strangling Jessica and dragging her body into the woods. He also told them Kyler burned his face and hands while attempting to set Jessica's car on fire. After burning the vehicle, Jessup dropped Kyler off at a home in Edwards, Missouri, and immediately contacted police. On September 11th, Kyler was arrested at the home in Edwards and charged with knowingly burning Jessica's vehicle. When police arrested Kyler, they noticed burns on his hands and face and what appeared to be scratch marks on his face as well. Here's an interesting side note. 41 Action News obtained the deed for the home in Edwards and discovered that the owner was listed as Derek Cocklimate, who was killed in a bar fight in 2014. The home's current owner said no one lives there, but someone had been popping off the back door doorknob to get inside. So it seems like Kyler was possibly squatting there to hide out, but he was breaking and entering as well. When Kyler was arrested at this home, police also executed a search warrant. They were looking for any trace evidence, firearms, burned clothing, and the clothing that Jessica was last seen wearing, which was a blue plaid flannel shirt, black yoga pants, and red shoes. They were also looking for her iPhone 6, a brown leather purse, or car keys that were on a nightmare before Christmas lanyard. According to the return paperwork from the search, They took photographs, collected various swabs from Kyler, and took a pair of jeans, a tank top, tennis shoes, underwear, a red and black shirt, and two bullets from a 9mm handgun. Um, The type of physical evidence that they took from Kyler they took a penal swab, buccal swab, scrotal swabs, fingernail scrapings, swabs from his right and left hand, swabs from his face. They also took head hair, pubic hair, strands, and head hair, and pubic hair combings. On September 13th, authorities suspended their search for Jessica. Her family organized their own efforts and focused on the area where her car was found. Authorities asked landowners and hunters with trail cameras in the area to check their footage for anything suspicious. Missouri Search and Rescue also conducted field searches in conjunction with police. Then on September 14th, which happens to be Kyler's birthday, he was transferred to Jackson County Jail, while on his way, a reporter from 41 Action News was able to ask him a couple of questions, which, of course, he answered like a total asshole.
4: Kyler, where's Jessica? I uh, have no idea, sir. What happened to your face? Did you get burned? What happened to your face? Did you kill Jessica? Did you? Did you? No answer. Anything else you want to say? Hi, mom. You have burns on your hand. Where'd those come from? Killed
1: her. now. And that same day, police searched his grandfather's home, where Kyler had been staying in a small bedroom before he was arrested. Police recovered a blue plaid shirt and an alcohol pad and Q-tip with blood on them. It isn't noted if the blue plaid shirt belonged to Jessica, but it makes me wonder if it was or not. October 5th, 2016, yet another person came forward and stated that Kyler again confessed to killing Kara three years ago. Friends and family of Jessica and Kara never gave up and continued searching for the two girls. But on April 3rd, 2017, a mushroom hunter made a very grim discovery.
4: That breaking news, police have scoured this area after human remains were found in Cass County and the families of two missing women are wondering if it will bring them closure.
0: Kara Kopetsky has been missing now for nearly 10 years and Jessica
3: Runyon disappeared in September of 2016. The the discovery,
0: rather, is a major development for the families of the women and people who've been searching for
4: them. But right now, the remains still need to be identified. We have in-depth coverage of this discovery. We have crews digging into the investigation. We've spoken with family of the missing women and have analyzed the timelines of their disappearances. But we begin with KCTV5's Nathan Vickers, who's live from the scene where the remains were found. Nathan? That's right. This is a very expansive search scene. It's still ongoing. There's a lot of people trying to bring that family closure. You can see behind me how many people are involved with this. We have emergency crews. uh, We have uh, sisters bringing them food. We have uh, crime scene investigators. We have even state and federal entities out here helping tonight. Now, weather held up the search last night, and so they're worried about that again tonight. After that mushroom hunter found the first bones, uh, they were able to search, and then they had to, to temporarily put a halt on it because of the rain. Now, Cass County is sweeping this area with the help of Kansas City, state, and again, federal resources. The search area has expanded since last night, and we've seen more and more police over the course of the day, and that effort paid off when investigators made a second discovery today. We kind of held the area for the night, uh, came back today, started working again, uh, and we have now located the remains of a second body. Um, we are not, at this time, able to determine if it is male or female, if we have a uh, an age, a sex, we, we don't have that information.
1: So everyone immediately suspected the remains belonged to Jessica and Cara. This area was only 12 miles away from where Jessica was last seen. The first set of remains were positively identified as Jessica two days later on April 5, 2017, and she was laid to rest later that month. Due to the age of the second set of remains and the fact that it was only a partial skull, testing was more complicated and would take more time. At the time, Captain Kevin Teeman of the Cass County Sheriff's Office said, Right now, we really don't have a time frame of when we'll have the results on the other victim. When Kara's mother, Rhonda, heard of the discovery, she believed the remains belonged to her daughter. She said, In my heart of hearts, I believe it's Kara. Here we are, still waiting yet again. You have to feel bad for them. This is a decade later now that they found remains that seem like they would be Kara's, and now they have to wait and wait for their results. So finally, in August, four months later, the second set of remains were identified. Lieutenant Brad Swanson of the Belton Police Department said, On today's date, the Belton Police, along with the Cass County Prosecutor and Sheriff's Offices, were notified by the FBI and had confirmed that the remains found in Cass County on April 4th were those of Kara Kopetsky. On October 5th, 2017, Kyler was finally charged with two counts of first-degree murder in two counts of abandoning a corpse in relation to the kidnappings and murders of Jessica and Kara. On september nineteenth, twenty eighteen, Jessup Carter, if you remember, that's Kyler's half brother, who was there when he burned the car. He was in jail for an unrelated arson charge, and he was found dead in his prison cell after committing suicide. He was likely to be a key witness in the trial against Kyler, and his death could be devastating to the case. There's a chance the judge would allow a recording of Jessup to be used or for a detective who interviewed him to testify to what he had to say at trial. Jamie Runyon's Jessica's mother said she had no words after hearing of Jessup's death. She said he was obviously hurting bad to want to hurt himself or dealing with things he could not cope with. Unfortunately, when someone wants to hurt themselves, no one can fix them. They have to fix themselves. It's sad. A spokesperson for the Vrennian's family said they are still confident in the case against Kyler, though. The original trial date for Kyler was set for November 2019. It was delayed after more evidence was turned over to the defense. This included more than 40 discs containing police reports, FBI info, and public tips. Kyler's attorney also sought to delay the trial on August 23, 2019. It was argued that he wasn't mentally competent and did not understand the proceedings against him. Kyler was said to suffer from a mental disease or defect, and his attorney said that he needed treatment before he could face a jury. In late November 2019, Kyler requested an additional competency evaluation to determine the state of his mental health. He asked that the Cass County Jail's medical provider conduct an examination and, quote, provide the required mental health treatment as ordered, end quote. Not long after Kyler filed this request, his lawyer appeared in court and said they would withdraw the request for the additional evaluation if the jail doctor agreed to give Kyler medicine for anxiety and depression. It was agreed that Kyler would be examined by the jail's doctor to determine if he needed it. The outcome of this examination, or of the plan for treating Kyler's mental health, has not been made public. In December 2019, Kyler's attorneys asked for further DNA testing to be completed before a trial could start. At the time, it was unclear what exactly they were seeking to have tested, but it was thought to involve the remains of both Carr and Jessica. The most recent court date for Kyler was December 19th, 2019, and this was to determine the start date for his trial. Jury selection is now due to start on July 22nd this year. Jurors will be brought in from St. Charles County, which is outside of St. Louis. Once the jury is set, the trial is due to begin Monday, July 27th. During the December 19th court appearance, prosecutors denied the request from Kyler's attorney to retest DNA evidence. It emerged that they had been asking for the remains of both women to be retested, as well as hair found in 2013 by the FBI in a white SUV. All right, so that about brings us to present day or as current as the story goes so far. We'll definitely stay updated when the trial happens, so be sure to check back with us. But what do you guys think otherwise? Anything interesting stand out to you?
2: It'll probably all be delayed again because of Corona. (laughs) Uh, Story of our lives. It's probably
1: delayed enough because of Jessup. Uh, And they just lost their witness. And it was supposed to already happen in November. Yeah. This should have been done already.
2: It feels like there's been a lot of road bumps for this case. And I I think that that will keep happening. I I don't think it'll happen in July. Hopefully it will, but I don't really see it happening in July at this stage.
1: Tyler and his attorney seem like they're trying with all their might to get it delayed at every turn possible
2: yeah i don't know why if they're trying to buy more time just to build a different case or you know i i think they're just trying to
3: keep him out of jail for as long as they can even though he's already in jail but yeah without the life sentence because they have no defense to this yeah then how many people who have told
2: the police that he killed them I don't know. I didn't actually count, but I feel like it was at least four. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I'm pretty sure there was four or five at least who he apparently confessed to. It's hard to keep track. Cause they don't but... say everyone's names. Yeah,
3: I feel like he just did it to everyone he saw, and only four or five people
2: went to the police. He seems like a jerk. Like he really seems like he was arrogant and a jerk, and I'm sure that people people were terrified of him. So I wouldn't doubt that there's a lot more people that he actually spoke to who were too scared to do anything about it. He seems like an
1: absolute mess of a person. Total psychopath. Yeah. He's just... Just the story from his ex-girlfriend, the statement that she gave that said how he was strangling her until she was about to lose consciousness and then would punch her to make her not lose consciousness. And then when she finally did, she woke up and he
2: was spooning her from behind saying how much he loved her. Like he's such a crazy crazy. Even that photo of him where he's sitting on the bathtub naked, do you guys remember that one? Yeah. Oh, he's just like <laughs> repulsive. I know they said he had like a traumatic childhood and his parents were
1: addicted to meth
2: and but apparently is, he was wasn't even molested. Raised. Well, I yeah, he wasn't raised by his parents. So I don't know if his grandfather was also a, you know, like I'm not doubting he did have a terrible childhood, even if he was raised by his grandfather, but he didn't have anything to do with his mother, at least until he was a teenager. So I don't know. I guess, and, you know, it's not to belittle any of his childhood or anything like that, but yeah. using the parents yeah. were addicts, Matt might, might not be the, you know, if he yeah. had nothing to do but with him. But they
1: said he was sexually abused, mm. too, right? As a child? It says... I saw somewhere it said that he was molested as a child, but I don't know if, if like, that was something that can... Yeah, it just yeah. said that. I don't know if there's ever a conviction or who it was or anything like that. I just saw it in an article. Or just an excuse.
3: Yeah. <laughs> from the I mean, you hate team. to say it,
1: but you never know. Yeah. It also said that he was drinking at a young age and was doing cocaine by the time he was 14, so he probably messed
2: with some brain cells. Mm. So I found it interesting that even, you know, Kara was missing for over 10 years and Jessica was only missing for a little while, but there's still been no conviction in either of their cases, even though it's pretty obvious who did it. I wonder why nothing happened, especially in the case of Kara, until their remains were found. What are you yeah. like? There's been a lot of nobody convictions and trials, so I don't know what the whole surely with all the you know kidnapping that he did of Kara and all those type of things, there was you know a reason that they thought he was the number one suspect. Yeah. So, why couldn't they have acted on that before all this happened and before they were both found? It was really just
1: because they didn't have a lot of physical evidence, and part of me feels like they were hoping that kyler since he was clearly telling people that he would crack and they'd be able to find her body or even just like more physical evidence because maybe they're thinking about trial and just a bunch of people saying he did it is a jury gonna be a hundred
2: percent convinced that he did it and i think i do agree i think especially with cara there was no physical evidence with jessica they had the car and you know that he'd been seen leaving with her at the you know from the party and all that. But with Kara, J- with there was nothing.
1: No, which is still crazy to me. I mean, I guess if it was like he strangled her in his car, how much evidence would there be? Especially if they were dating already, if they found like her hair or her fingerprints or her DNA around, it could easily be written off because they were dating and they were hanging out. So he could have been yeah, like, I didn't. That doesn't mean I
2: murdered her. That means I hung out with her Thursday night and we got in an argument like I told you. I was just going to say I followed Kyra's case. It must have been from basically when it happened. Like I followed her being disappeared, you know, missing for years and years and years. And I like I, I always knew of Kyla's name, but there was also, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but there, it also seemed like there was maybe she, he wasn't the only suspect. I think a lot of it did come out in the media and in the public, especially after Jessica was found. That was just my thoughts on it anyway, so. I don't know if it was around when it happened or just years ago. When I was reading about it, I definitely thought Jessup
1: was involved somehow, but now I'm not so sure. I don't. What do you guys in think? Cara's or Jessica's? Um, in Jessica's, I guess.
2: I yeah. I I don't I don't know if Jessup had anything to do with the murder. He could have, I guess, but I think that he definitely knew what happened to Jessica and what Kyla had done, and probably where she was. Yeah. So I think a lot of that probably had to do, which, and I also think he probably didn't want to be called as a witness against Kyla. Yeah. So that might've had to do with his suicide.
3: I never thought he was involved until you said that. Mm. Like Thinking maybe, you know, they were on some like meth high or something and he helped him kill her. But I assumed that he wigged out right away after helping him uh, burn the car. Yeah. And- called the police i didn't think he had anything to do with it but
2: it is a very interesting twist that i never thought of until you brought we it up we were just talking before we recorded this about the probable cause statement and that there is someone called jc mentioned in it and we think there may be two people JC who have the initials jc one was kyla's cellmate in jail but there is an is a jc which we assume is another one because we are assuming they weren't together in jail who was with Kyla when he set Jessica's vehicle on fire. So surely that has to be Jessup. What are the odds of it not being him?
1: Uh, The one definitely has to be him. The other one, I'm not sure, because what are the chances they're going to put two half-brothers in jail jail together? But I don't know. Maybe someone could educate us on that. Um, I was also thinking about Jessup, how they want to help. Kyler and his attorney wanted to have their remains retested and DNA yeah. redone. I was th- It reminded me of in our last episode when we were talking about Valor. it. Yes, when <laughs> Ashley <laughs> brought up that it looks like the defense team is going to try to blame Alex Cox because yeah. he's dead and was involved, so why not blame it all on him? Makes me wonder if the defense in this situation might try something similar by being like, no, it was Jessup for at least Jessica.
2: Yeah, I also think that's a very big
1: possibility. Because why else? I just don't really see why else they would be
2: trying to retest their remains or anything like that. Like if Jessup, it sounds like Jessup was definitely there anyway when Kyla lit the car on fire. So does that mean that maybe he helped Kyla put the body wherever it was? So if that is the case, his DNA may be on her remains. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. But they found the car burning a day later. Right? Yeah. Well
3: So that would give him ample time to drop off the body and then go contact
1: Jessup to help him burn the car. Yeah, they found the but, car on the tenth. The party was on the eighth, and she was MIA on the ninth. Then the morning of the tenth they found the car. That's just a whole day of where where yeah. was the car? Where was Jessica? Where was Kyler? Where's Jessup? Like what were they all doing that day? Was that I don't know. Why did only one of them have a normal name? There's a lot of weird names in this case. <laughs> <laughs> that br- brings up another point, actually. Another weird name was Jackson, who's Jessica's boyfriend and was also Kyler's childhood friend. Yeah. A lot of questions about. I wish we knew more about their lives. I tried to look and find anything about Jackson. I would love to know his opinion of Kyler. If he, since he was his childhood friend, did he always think he was weird? Like, why did I don't want to be like, why would he leave a party early and leave Jessica there? Because sure, things happen. But it just seems weird to me. Like, as a girl, if my boyfriend left a party, I don't think I would want to be there still
2: by myself. Especially with no. his weird friend. Who'd just gotten out of jail like, literally a few days before. Yeah, for being a and piece had of shit. told everybody that
1: he killed
3: a girl. Mm-hmm. I'd like to ask Jackson why he would leave his girlfriend. And I'm sure if he's telling
1: all these other people that he murdered Kara, why?
2: I feel like he would also tell his childhood best friend. I had a look on Jackson's social media just to see if I could see anything about this, but, you know, I couldn't, which is not surprising really, because I doubt he wants to put it out there and make it all public. But yeah, it's interesting. You know, and I guess we will never know what happened that night. Like maybe he. Maybe Jessica really didn't like Kyla, for example, just as a theory and only offered to give him a lift home, you know, and that's why he thought that she would be fine. Not making much sense. But basically maybe he just never, ever thought it would happen. Maybe he just assumed, you know, they'd stay away from each other and or maybe he also assumed. And at this stage too you have to remember that um, Kyla hadn't been charged with anything in relation to Kara's death. No, just murdering kittens. Yeah, yeah, I know. (laughs)
1: And beating pregnant women. Yeah. But then
2: you'd also think that why, if, yeah, why were they still friends if Kyler had such a bad reputation and was seemingly so dangerous?
3: I just want to know if Kyler was a master manipulator because everybody was saying that Kyler and Jessica were seen fighting at the party and that he was making everybody uncomfortable there. So why would she
1: give him a ride home? Did he like guilt her Maybe- into it or? I used to um, designate drive people a lot because I I went through a phase where I didn't really drink too much, so I was always the DD. There was definitely times where my friends would get super drunk and piss me off, and I definitely probably fought with them, but I would still drive them home because I said I would drive them home and I'm not going to abandon them. Maybe it was something like that. Maybe she just
2: assumed he was being a drunk asshole. And I guess her loyalty was you know, more so to Jackson. So she'll be like, look, you know, you've been a dick, but I'll drive you home because I know that you're friends with my boyfriend. Yeah. Even, you know. It just sucks because there's so many different ways it could have played out. Yeah.
3: And there's not a lot of telling of anything with Jessica's story. Just Mm -mm. this is what happened. The next day we found her car. We knew exactly what
2: happened, but we couldn't do anything until we found a body. And when they say Kyla and Jessica were arguing, you know, like you said, what he's arguing, were they arguing because he was drunk and being a dick or was it a real full-on argument It could have been just something minor? I wonder how long she knew him because he yeah was in jail for a bit and I don't
1: know how long she was dating Jackson, but did she also know him for a while? True. I guess I just assumed some sort of manipulation
3: because Kara kept going back to him after several threats of death and kidnapping and then the pregnant girlfriend it seems to um, get girls somehow (laughs) and and they keep coming back and I don't know yeah call me crazy but one time one time you put your hands out I'm done yeah I guess
1: it's just like the typical cycle of abuse it's a sad story especially when you're young you're so easy to manipulate and be convinced that It was just one time, and that they're sorry. But, I mean, with Kara, it's still... I also wonder a lot about the day that he, I guess, picked her up from school. If he told someone that she got into an argument with a teacher, and then he picked her up. Like, is that true? Or just what would cause her to call him after getting an order of protection against him after he threatened to kill her. I kind of just assumed he threatened to harm himself if she
2: didn't, or... I could see that. Also with Kari, you've got to remember, too, that she was very young, like... Yeah, she was 17. She might not have been making the most rational of decisions and choices anyway. Um, yep. and maybe, yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. And I think it's hard, to when you're... Well, even not so much, I was going to say when you're young, but even no, not so much when you're young, to get out of these type of relationships sometimes.
1: Yeah. I mean, looking back at my own life, there's definitely times where I'm like, why did you do that? That was so clearly a bad choice, but oh. when you're young and you think you love someone and yeah. you're just willing to do so much stuff that is dumb, but you don't think it's dumb at the time. It's hard, Yeah. It's hard Real. to see it when you're in that situation. Mm-hmm. And like Ashley said, I mean, he definitely, I see him as a type of, saying that he's going to hurt himself or kill himself. And when you're young, you just kind of panic. And you're like, okay, fine. Like, I'll do this. I'll come see you. You know what's
3: interesting? Now that you mentioned that you think Jessup was involved, I was just kind of Googling him a little bit. And when he killed himself, he had been charged with second-degree arson earlier that summer. Yeah. And that's just interesting to me that that's two fires. Yeah. Yeah. And now... His defense team is saying, hey, let's redo some stuff.
1: Yeah, like he was so already he in had- trouble for arson. So is it shocking that he was there when Jessica's car was burned? I wonder whose idea that was. And he was
3: facing charges for resisting arrest on the same day that they found her SUV. Interesting. I think you're dead on, no pun intended.
2: <laughs> and I guess if, they, if, if it does turn out that they're trying to pin it on Jessup for at least Jessica we might not ever know because they won't be telling the real story if that's the case
1: so crazy (laughs) I also think it's funny that the Edwards house it was actually um a mobile home that Kyler was arrested in was just this random house that he was breaking into I mean I I kept saying that that be kept unlocking the door yeah (laughs) it just seems like such a ridiculous thing on top of all this, that he was just hiding out in this random mobile home, hoping no one would find him. Did he ever have a job? I've never seen that mentioned anywhere. He was arrested for stealing
2: as a tattoo apprentice. Ah uh, yes, yes, so, I did see that, yeah. That's all <laughs> I got on that. <laughs> I remember the story. Based on his tattoos, tattoo. a very bad apprentice. <laughs>
1: Yeah, for people who don't know what he looks like, he has full neck tattoos up to his face that are...
2: I don't really know what they are. I don't care to look enough. (laughs) There's some photos on the website of him if you want to check out his tattoos, but they're not very nice or very artistic. I'm going to check them out now. He's got what looks like butterfly wings on his neck. I don't know. Fly high. Meaningful.
4: (laughs)
1: if the more you think about it it's so sad for car's family how long this took when they pretty much knew from day one what happened
2: he was just got so lucky that it took them so long to find her was dumb luck that was all it was he wasn't a smart criminal
1: just like everything aligned for him somehow yeah yeah because it was so obviously him but they're so frustrating cases
2: like that where you know like they would have known what had happened but they just can't Find it or find they couldn't find Kara. It took them a few months to find Jessica. Yeah and I think they were lucky that what that, that when she was found by they were fine found by the mushroom hunters. It was just yeah. Yeah, what if sh- that guy didn't find them? How long could it have taken? Oh, well, it's funny. It always makes me laugh when they say a mushroom hunter. Like They're always finding bodies. <laughs> How can you hunt a mushroom? <laughs> they're just there waiting for you. You don't need to hunt them. <laughs> mushroom searchers. <laughs> well, they're on the hunt for specific mushrooms. Well, maybe that's it. Mushroom
1: foraging. That's my favorite. That's like a more normal name for it. Yeah, you'd think so. It could have been when this one happened, but I feel like there was another one more recently where a mushroom hunter found a body and I was like, I need to start being a mushroom hunter because they're always finding bodies. They're always solving these crimes. I can send you an article, Five Steps to Becoming a Better Mushroom Hunter. (laughs) What's step number one?
3: Oh, okay. Hold on. Location, location, location. (laughs) Find where you might find a dead body. (laughs) Go there. Two is narrow your search. Three is a year in the life of a mushroom or of a mushroom hunter. Oh, he encourages people to study a mushroom for an entire season before you
2: eat it. Mm. That's weird. That's dedication. That's probably going to be food poisoning, but. I just Googled mushroom hunter found body just to see if I could see what Stephanie was talking about. And one of the articles is, why do mushroom hunters keep finding dead people?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Very good question. They're really looking for dead bodies. You don't want to tell people that. So they just say they're hunting mushrooms which is somehow, I guess, more normal. Mm.
3: Oh, the Kansas City Star asked about that. Mm. I guess this mushroom hunter said, I don't know if I want to go. I'm terrified of finding a body.
1: <laughs> it must really put a damper on your day when you're just trying to find mushrooms and you find a skull. I really hope the trial does happen this summer. I mm, I, I, mean, I have my doubts, but I wonder if there'll be any big bombshells that no one's
3: known. I think he. I think now that you said that, I think he's going to try and pin at least Jessica
1: on Jessup. I don't know what other defense they could come up with besides that Kyler is crazy, which also seems like they were trying to.
3: Go oh, I with definitely that too. think they're trying to go with that too. But I think they're going to argue, possibly that Jessup and Kyler come from a se- severely depraved home. I almost wonder if they would use his mugshots too, which is weird, but defense can throw anything at the wall
1: i wonder how his jessup and kyler are related i know it says yep. they're half brothers but then it's
2: also kyler's parents were meth addicts i wonder which parent is the um you know common one between them
1: yeah
3: uh jessup carter is the son of john and Janine
2: robinson Janine. <laughs> Janine and John it says because I was yeah I've just got his obituary up too and it says it says his parents John and Johnine. and then there's also a John Andrew Meese? I don't know if that's how you say yeah, it good
3: luck trying to say that um one. so it's got to be John Thomas because he's the one with the weird named children Taylor, Kendra, Maxis, Brooklyn and Presley so I bet they have a dad in common
1: where does the last name used come from
2: yeah, I'm just looking now to see if we can see it. but I think maybe
3: they were both adopted or something or fostered out maybe.
2: Um, no, I don't think it is the dad because Kyla's dad is Ken, Ken Eust. Huh. So it says here, Ken Eust told the Associated Press that he hasn't had a relationship with 27-year-old Kyla for years. He says he feels for families of those hurt by his son. So it must be the mother, Jonine. I've never heard of Johnine. That's a new one for me. <laughs> Johnine. How do you spell that? J-O-H-N-E-E-N. How did you say H? H. H. I love H-H. the way
3: you H. <laughs> My other favorite word is
2: assume. I love the way you say assume. Assume. What do I say? I don't even know how I say it. Assume. Like that. Yes. <laughs> like that. <laughs> So, what do you guys think actually happened with each of the murders? Um, you know, do you think Kylo is the only one who was involved? Do you think he planned them? Or, you know, what are your thoughts on what actually happened?
1: I feel like it wasn't planned. I feel like Kyler, for sure, is just always impulsive. going on instinct, yeah, impulsive, spontaneous. He seems like a very erratic and emotional person. I feel like with Kara, it was probably exactly what everyone said. It seemed like she was trying to end the relationship. They must have gotten into an argument that day, and he choked her and killed her and got rid of her body in the woods. Jessica's the one that's more of a mystery to me, even though I think basically the same thing happened, but I'm just more curious about what like the relationship dynamic was between Jessica and Kyler and jackson how long they all knew each other how good of friends they were things like that would probably answer more questions but i feel like the same thing i don't think he planned to kill her i'm sure it was just him being out of control again and killed her then panicked and had to burn her car that he was stuck with um i don't like the part of me who really likes true crime wants to think jessup was in on it but I still have faith in people and ultimately I feel like he probably was just looped into this and maybe is also scared of Kyler knows what he's capable of and maybe killed himself because he just felt guilty and was scared to testify. Yeah. That's my unexciting hot take.
3: <laughs> I'm probably overthinking it, but earlier today I was wondering if um maybe he had gone after he got out of je- uh, prison if he had gone back to where he left Kara, because I don't know exactly how far apart it is from where he left Jessica, but it seems like it was relatively like close. Like 30
1: meters or something like that. Oh, wow.
3: Yeah, it was very close. So it almost makes me wonder like, I again, I think I'm overthinking it, but there's a part of me that thinks that he went to go visit Kara and got high off the kill and went for another thrill kill when Jessica rejected his advances, because that's just the way it played out in my head, is that he tried to force himself on her, and she fought back, and that enraged him. But then when Stephanie brought up Jessup, everything twisted for me, and now I'm like, did he do this? And he just loves to start fires after his brother likes to kill women, or? What? But I... I don't think it was as inadvertent as Steph does, for sure. I feel like he...
1: Right about, he was probably trying to hook up with Jessica. He just got out of jail. He seems just like a massive jerk, so her rejecting him seems on par with what would set him off. Hmm. And... What do
2: you think, Olivia? <laughs> <laughs> I, I I'm up in the air about if he planned to kill Kara or not. I think he could have. Like, I think that this was obviously a situation that was escal- escalating, um, so it wouldn't surprise me either way if he just snapped or if he did actually plan it and that's why he picked her up from school that day and did it. Um, so I'm I'm not too sure about her one. I do think Jessica's wasn't planned. I I don't I don't know if I agree that. He made a move towards who he could have. But I also think maybe they were just arguing and he just lost it again. Um, you know, I'm sure he was super frustrated either way from being in jail for that, you know, four years or three years or however long he was away for. So I I'd, I'd think that Jessica's was definitely more spur of the moment. I'm still up in the air as to what actually caused it. Um, it could just be that he was crazy and saw the opportunity and did it. Um, and, be
1: something because I've been in this situation before where I've wanted to leave the party early and the person I was driving wanted to stay and I was like, Well, too bad because I'm your ride home and you have to leave and they're all mad yeah. about
2: it. Yeah. And I, I do think, I don't think Jessup killed Jessica or is even there when Jessica was killed, but I do think he was involved in helping probably get rid of her body, get rid of the car, and he knew what had happened. So I think that that probably played a large role in why he decided to take his own life the end <laughs> i
3: can't think of any reason though that he would kyler would kill jessica unless she rejected him because that seems to be his tipping point yeah. unless he just likes to kill which he may because torturing kittens is on every killer 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 to killer yeah. list
2: and his pregnant also is she pregnant with his baby like i just assumed yes It sounds like it. Like from the way it was written, it does sound like it was his baby. Because why else would you note? I don't know. I guess it doesn't have to be. But yeah, I think it was his child. Poor kid. Poor girl. But, anyways, I was saying he got into the fight where
1: he originally kidnapped Kara. And the whole thing of him being more so abusive to her was because she was trying to end the relationship. In the ex girlfriend statement, they got in a fight because she was also trying to end the relationship so yeah seems, seems like, he like he that's a big his... problem Yeah, with being rejected maybe it has to do with his parents giving him up as a kid and not taking care of him because of drugs mommy issues are serious business yeah I mean it all seems like it would make sense but I'm not a psychologist so <laughs>
2: <laughs> I just had a look at it. it says in 2011 there was a woman who said she was seven weeks pregnant with Kyla's twins so, uh, And let that might be the same one. I don't know what happened with those babies or if they were actually his, but like poor kids. If,
1: I always mm. feel bad for kids who are born to bad people. Yeah. The
3: cycle is, like you said earlier, the cycle is hard to break. But
2: even just- especially for him, because he got away with it for so long, he would have just kept going with it. What were you saying, Steph? Just because I feel like
1: kids who are born to people like that, it's such an easy way to get bullied your
2: entire life.
1: Yeah. It looks like you were right that it's Janine
3: that's um, the link between Jessup and Kyler. I'm on family tree now, Mm -hmm. and Janine shows up in Kyler's
1: possible relatives. Mm -hmm. So there you go. All right, so that's all we have for today. Next week, we're going to be talking about the Long Island serial killer, and Liv is going to be covering that story. So if you have any interesting facts about him, you could send them to us on Facebook Messenger. You could DM us, whatever. Anything you want us to specifically cover on that, let us know.
2: Yep, you can find us and let us know on any of our social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We just need to search for True Crime Society, or you can look at our website, truecrimesociety.com. We've actually done a new page on there for Cara and Jessica's case. We've got some video clips and images up there and you know court documents. So if you want to learn more, you can just check that out at truecrimesociety.com.
1: Stay in quarantine, stay home, wear your masks and check back next week and we'll fill you in on the Long Island serial killer. See you next crime. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.